Welcome to today's webinar titled Cascading Strategy Through Hoshan Conry, or Strategy Deployment. I'm Mark Rabin, the VP of Improvement and Innovation Services by, uh, for Kinexus, and today I'm very happy to be joined by uh, two presenters from uh, Rona Consulting Group, which is now part of Moss Adams. Our presenters today are Craig Vercruz and Joanna Omi. So before handing off to um, Craig and Joanna, they'll give a, a deeper um, introduction, but I just want to add a, a few personal notes. Um, you know, for one, the team here at Kinexus uh, is, is very pleased to have had uh, a partnership here with uh, Rona Consulting Group. Um, Craig and Joe attended our user conference uh, earlier this year, gave a, a presentation on this topic. It was great to have them um, interacting with our, our Kinexus users and our community. And, and going back even a, a little bit further, um, the, the namesake of Rona Consulting Group, uh, Mike Rona is somebody um, whose work I've known for a long time. He was kind enough to write uh, a foreword and introduction for the first edition of Lean Hospital. So I've long had a lot of respect for Rona Consulting Group. And with that, I'm thrilled to hand things over to um, some of their leaders, uh, Craig and Joanna. Here you go. Hi there. Um, it's really great to be here, Mark. Thank you for inviting us. Um, I'm Joe Omi. I'm a, a consulting director with uh, Rona Consulting. Happy to be here today. And I'm with here with Craig. You want to introduce yourself, Craig? Sure thing, Joanna. Thanks for having us, Mark. And I'm Craig Veracruz. I'm a partner in Rona Consulting Group, Moss Adams. And uh, we're pleased to be with you and looking forward to uh, sharing some information with you over the next 35 minutes or so, and then have a really robust question and answer period. So Joanna will lead us off. So um, why don't we slip to the next slide, uh, Mark? We're going to be um, doing our three-way um, <laughs> control of the slides here today, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so I just wanted to mention the, the purpose for today, our learning objectives. It, my experience is that it takes years to use Hoshin Conry well. Uh, so in less than an hour, we'll cover some basics of what it is and what it isn't. Uh, we'll have some stories to tell you about Hoshin Conry in healthcare. We'll show you how we use PDCAs and A3 thinking to work through an X matrix and to deploy that X matrix throughout an organization. And we'll talk about some of the common rocks that we found along the way and what they've taught us. Next slide. So um, just to, to rest on this in this slide just for a second, um, I was thinking about this the other day, this, this title of building blocks, and um, it, it reminded me that with Hoshin, Hoshin is a complex system, and it really it does not require, and frankly, I've never seen, it fully deployed in the first year of, of activity. Uh, so, some elements come come later. I've... Um, I've seen in my years as uh, a lean leader in the public hospital system in New York that it took us quite a while to move beyond even level zero, the, the CEO level of the organization as we began to develop the discipline that's required for developing and cascading Hoshin. So let's move on. So, um, Hoshin, Conri, another Japanese term, meaning um, direction, 
management and control um, or method and compass. We use Japanese terms, as you know, when they, they seem to um, cover ground that isn't as well um, as clear when we use the English counterparts for it. So Hoshinkanri seems to be something that has stuck um, for lots of folks in using this tool. So what is Hoshin Conry? And you can just flip through um, about four of these bullets. I think there may be one more. There we go. So it's uh, some of you may know Hoshin Conry as strategy deployment or policy deployment. Um, and depending upon who you ask, there's lots of different definitions for it. Um, and I'm sorry, but I just lost my screen. Here we go. Um, so um, John Shook talks about a means of connecting the macro with the micro um, about um, uh, at LEI. They define it as a vertical and horizontal alignment. Um, it usually does um, occur on a, um, it is refreshed on an annual basis, but it's not your, strategic, uh, your traditional strategic plan which seems to occur on a once a year basis, but rather it's an ongoing process. It's also um, an organizational learning method. And our one of our founders of Rona Consulting, Tom Jackson, um, emphasizes that it's really a competitive resource development system, that it allows you to really focus on people as well as outcomes. So what it, what it is definitely not is traditional strategic planning. I was the um, um, a planner for many years in the hospital system, and um, this required us to completely rethink how we were planning. It's not a thump report. It's not um, a large set of documents that um, you can hear when you drop on the table. It's actually contained within an 11 by 17 um, sheet of paper, an A3 size sheet of paper. It's not a top-down dictate. It really requires that there be um, identification of what and direction from the top levels of the organization, but the doing comes from the bottom up. As I mentioned before, it's not limited to annual um, activity, but it really is an ongoing process throughout the year. It's also not solely owned by executives, but in a well-honed, in an organization with a well-honed Hoshin Conry process, everyone every day can see very visibly how they are connected to the strategic directions and the strategic goals of the organization. So Hoshin, I, folks are probably familiar with the, the Toyota house or this version of the Toyota house. And we put it here just because we wanted to emphasize that Hoshin is the roof of the Toyota management system, that it does require um, as, as a house does, you have to have a foundation before you can start Hoshin. You have to have some type of infrastructure and framework to be able to hold up the roof. Hoshin isn't uh, something that organizations typically start with right off the bat, because as I mentioned earlier, it really does require that there be an infrastructure to support it and the discipline to maintain it over time. Next. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, we really see the, the Hoshin process as a uh, kind of a mega plan, do, check, act process 
or PDCA process with a scan added to the front end. Um, we do expect that we need to understand the environment, we need to understand our current state, we need to understand what might be coming down the pike, and those things have to be considered and filtered in through the PVCA process of Hoshin. When we get into plan, we're talking about understanding and ensuring that there is a foundational mission, that there are visions and there is a vision and values that define the organization and that that mission, vision and values um, resonates throughout the organization. So we tend to look at those before we start and either refresh them or reaffirm them. The planning component of Hoshin also includes one-year measures. We have to identify who's responsible for implementation and who will be the, cor the corollary uh, team members or the sub-teams to be um, who will participate in the deployment and the the implementation of any of the activities. We always create then visual management and play catch ball to finalize plans. So I'll go through this in more detail. I just wanted to summarize these points here. So for Hoshin, there is a um, uh, plan slowly implement quickly perspective. Our do, do check and acting component really is the implementation of the X matrix, the monthly manage meetings to ensure that we are moving forward, that we know if, they're, if we're falling behind, that we develop countermeasures to bring us back to where we need to be, and then acting to um, ensure that if we do have fall off, that that fall off is responded to and brought back up to the, uh, through the management process so that we understand how any fall off may affect any of the other Hoshans. There are obviously lots of ways that you can do a scan. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about, about scan, plan, do, check, act now in, in a little bit more detail. Um, we use a lot of different tools. Uh, many organizations do have a strategic plan, and that's the place that they start. If the strategic plan of your organization is current, if it, if it is um, affirmed as the starting point, then um, you need to go no further with SCAN. But a lot of organizations actually don't have strategic plans, and so we ask them to at least go through a process which could include um, uh, tools such as the quarter analysis or different types of matrices to, depending upon the sector and the type of organization it may be what's happening with innovation in your sector right now? What's happening with technology? Um, what's happening with new types of services or with your population? So that you can understand where your organization sits within your, your market. We then take that information and put it into an A3I or an, or, um, an A3 information report so that we have a single piece of paper that tells us what we need to be, what our current state is, what we can be looking forward to, and to help us shape our plans for the future that are going to be incorporated into the X matrix. So when we get to plan, there is a step-by-step -step process, starting with establishing the true north dimensions for your organization. These are cost, quality, and delivery typical. Typically, a lot of folks um, also add something about people, something about safety, um, 
cost may look more like financial stewardship or um, some other type of bottom line financial metric. But what is always true is that True North is the is a short list and that True North are the pillars that really guide our organization in a balanced way so that we know if we're watching these metrics overall as a whole, then we're not, um, for example, um, um, establishing so that we're not um, losing quality for the sake of new revenue or that we're not um, finding that our, we have or we're beginning to develop safety issues at the expense of um, it's, uh, we're, we're doing fine financially, but at the expense of safety, for example, or at the expense of our people. So the True North measures give us an opportunity to ensure that we're looking at in a balanced way across the things that are important to us as an organization. The next step is that we define outcomes. So if we know um, the, the True North dimensions, how are we actually going to measure that we are achieving um, forward movement in those dimensions. We use language that's widely acceptable. We want to make sure that we're not using terms or we're not using definitions that are so obscure that it can't be easily understood that the X matrix itself as a document can be used as a communication tool because the language is easily acceptable and not seen as something in code that may be only for people in the C-suite. And then our, our outcomes are also defined typically as lagging measures. They're not ones that are going to be moving um, as quickly as um, some that you're going to be monitoring on a monthly basis. They may be things that just change and just show you how you're doing on a quarterly basis or sometimes even a little bit longer than that. The third step here is developing initiatives to achieve the outcomes. So this is what we call our North Box. You'll see that in a moment in another slide. But this is where we actually define what are we going to do to, that will help us to achieve our true North dimensions and our true North outcomes on this year. For this next 12-month period, what are the must-do, can't-fail few things that maybe two, three, maybe four or five in an ambitious organization, things that we want to do this year that require us to be all hands in the middle, across our silos, multidisciplinary, um, interdepartmental typically, with a budget that is also interdepartmental, where we succeed only when all of us succeed as a team. So this is the what, not how, for the next year. And then finally, in the plan stage, we to measure the targets for those, those North Box initiatives or strategies. What are we going to be able to achieve towards something larger, perhaps, this year in this 12-month period? How are we going to measure success this year on, on an incremental basis that is short enough, typically monthly at least, so that we know if we're going off the rails, if we're starting to go in the wrong direction, that we have time to make corrective action? The measure should also answer the question for the, for, for the front line, how will my work be affected? And how does the work that I do contribute to the true north dimensions, to the overall success of the organization? So here's our first view of the X matrix. If I, I, I 
think it's generally true to say that if you've seen one X matrix, you've seen one X matrix. Um, organizations use many different uh, formats for an, or for an X matrix. I've seen these with the South box containing um, uh, all of the incremental measures and really being the longest part of the X matrix. I've seen that um, with measurable objectives um, in different boxes. Um, this, this is the format that we use and um, I'm sure that folks on this webinar have seen other versions as well. The point of an X matrix though is that it does again provide on one a single piece of paper, an A3 size piece of paper, not only your business goals in the south box, your true north dimensions in the west box, your one-year strategic initiatives or strategic themes in your north box, and then on your east box, where this one says performance, the measures for those north box um, strategic initiatives. In other words, what are we going to, which, what incremental change do we expect this year? And then in the east-east or far right box, the resources. Who are the individuals who are going to be the primary responsible parties and the team members to that primary responsible parties to ensure that those north box initiatives are completed? What you see in this particular X matrix, colored here in um, green, gold, and gray, are correlations. So how does the south box, or the true north outcomes on the bottom, how do those correlate with the true north dimensions on the west box? How do those west box true north dimensions correlate with the north box strategic initiatives. Which of those above the performance measures, which of those performance measures are associated with each of the strategic initiatives in the north box? So if we're going to establish an effective EHR program as the strategic, the first strategic initiative there in the north box correlates with three different measures on the east box. And then finally, the, the final correlations here are in, on the east-east box, uh, which individuals then are the primaries and secondaries? Typically, we're gonna wanna see one primary and then we're gonna see a small team of um, secondaries or team members for each of those north box initiatives. So just a, just a moment here about uh, true north. And I mentioned before that we're really looking for a balanced scorecard. This is how these are. This is how we understand if we're going from one strategic position to another. So we've gone through the scan. We've understood the environment. We've gone through the planning stage. We've developed the X matrix. Now we're in our do check act, and that's this is where we establish the process and the cadence of accountability. So this is always visually managed. This is where we see tiered walls from the uh, C-suite level or the executive level of the organization down to the GEMBA. We see a tiered accountability. So there is a relationship between from each wall to the next and, and back down again. 
we see data rolled up from the actual work being done to managers to executives and communicated back down in cascading catchfall. And missed, missed targets give us an opportunity not just to understand how to get back, how to contain a problem if one arises, and then how to um, uh, solve or resolve the problem on a, on a longer term basis, but also to coach and develop people. So here's just an example of tiered visibility walls. Um, if you look at the um, strategy deployment in 3D, if the upper right-hand box, this might be a wall that you would see um, for an organization that is um, moving through a, the entire organization, looking at the entire organization as a single value stream, creating value from end to end, and how the organization is focusing in particular areas as they start out, in this case, what's happening in the hospital and primary care, ancillaries and specialties and within supply chain. And the, the executive sponsor and process owner walls are ones that you're going to see as the strategy deployment wall is deployed to a person who is responsible for enabling and ensuring that the work can be done, the process owner who's actually managing the work, and then the top left-hand box daily improvement where we can see on a on a patient by patient basis or this could be a service by service or process by process basis activities happening against what's expected so just just for a story um, so this is a, a a common issue that arises for people with um, who are just starting out with Hosh and Conry is well we've got a lot of strategic initiatives we want to grow in, say, ambulatory surgery, we ensure that our workforce is fully equipped with everything that they need to do the, their best work, and we want to, um, and we're going to be building a new campus over the next couple of years. But we're also doing this lean adoption. Where does lean adoption fit in here? Um, this is an example here of how one organization looked at their revenue target. So on a monthly basis, these targets, the, these um, two graphs should tell you using the five and five rule in five seconds from five feet away, can you tell the status of this particular target? So we're looking at revenue manic, revenue a revenue target here of $325 million on an annual basis or in this particular year, which was um, their fiscal year 2015. So the black line here shows the target. The red shows progress when it was below target on a monthly basis and when it came over the target and it becomes green and it's red again when it goes below the target. That's a macro level for this organization. On the left-hand side in the table, They've identified hospital by hospital or location by location when they were on target and when they were off target so that you can see quickly that on a month to month basis, most of these sites were on target, but it still did not achieve the, um, the monthly, but the monthly difference, the monthly amount total across the organization is still in the red. You can see that in the monthly difference in the bottom um, row of that table. So it's a way for them to quickly see 
how are we doing? And then to go into the discussion of, and what are we gonna do about it? This is an example of a strategy wall. This is a wall for a large um, city um, agency where they've just begun to do strategy deployment, but have long been working on uh, different lean activities. And so they have multiple A3s, all of these um, documents from the Division X matrix strategic plan level down are A3s. So these are live A3s with cascaded um, X matrices in the organization. They just now are doing their system level Hoshin, um, they're creating their first system level X matrix. So this is a great example of how Hoshin starts. Um, I like to think of it as a um, harm reduction plan and using some substance abuse lingo. Uh, you start where folks are at. And so they needed to start, it's kind of in the uh, near the top of the organization, but not at the ex executive level. And they've been doing that for a couple of years. And now we're ready to go system wide with it. This is an example of Hoshin at the front line. So we can see oh, the red arrow is pointing to the True North dimensions. And this is a daily improvement board that's used in a small um, health center where the team gets together every day to identify opportunities for improvement and to select those which they think are the um, most important high impact and relatively easy to do. Um, they're getting new ideas every day, celebrating successes, and pulling those through on, on a regular basis as a way to create, um, help develop each individual within the center as a problem solver. So a couple of stories. So I, was, I mentioned earlier that um, for some organizations, when they first start out with Hoshin, it's not clear where they should put how does lean fit into their strategic priorities? For some, it's an automatic um, um, high priority that makes it into the north box. For others, it may feel like, well, we're doing it anyway. It's part of our ongoing operations, so it doesn't meet the definition of a strategic priority. In this particular organization, it was something that they felt was important important to do on a regular basis and on, a, on an ongoing basis and to make it extremely visible. So what they did here is they used the one measure that they used in Hoshin was how are we doing with daily management? Are we engaging more and more areas in daily management? So this is an example of the executive level report that is also something that they can put up on their visibility wall. It meets the five and five rule of five seconds and, and five feet away, where you can again see the target in the black line. Red is the actual achievement. The red and green are the actual achievement when they meet or don't meet the target over time. In this case, it's over a um, 11 months of their fiscal year. So they had an ambitious target of this year hitting 118, and they were only at 76 um, at the um, 11 months in. So they needed to put in place countermeasures. And in this case, the, this view, which is on their vis wall, provides an, the, an opportunity to quickly understand what the countermeasure is. So five feet, five feet, five minutes, five seconds, five feet away from the wall, you can see the, the graph come up to the wall and you can read what's happening with the countermeasure. The other thing that this organization was looking at at the same time, because their North Box did include 
continuation of their lean deployment was are, how are we doing with sustaining the improvements that we've, we've achieved through Kaizen workshops? This organization was doing between 20 and 25 Kaizen workshops or rapid improvement events a month. Um, so they looked at how are we doing in sustaining improvements for greater than 90 days. They, they, re they started this work because as you can see, they started out pretty low at under 50%. And they, in this first year of looking at it in this way, they wanted to at least get to 60% by the end of the year, 60% sustainment, and to work that up to 85% sustainment over the course of the next couple of years. So again, five seconds, five feet away, come up to the wall to see the detail and the countermeasures on the left in the box. So I think next, we can go next, and I think Craig has a story. Okay, thank you, Joe. And uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, just by way of background, before I joined Rona Consulting Group, uh, now part of Moss Adams, I, I was in hospital operations in uh, the Sutter Health System in Northern California. And uh, for years have been a practitioner of Hoshin. Uh, I am still learning. It is, a, as Joe said, something that takes quite a long time uh, to uh, get to mastery. Uh, and when you've seen one Hoshin, you've, you've seen one Hoshin. Uh, as our teacher, Tom Jackson, likes to tell us, whenever there's Hoshin, there's trouble. Meaning we're trying to find out what the trouble is in the organization that we're trying to solve to meet them where they are in their strategic planning process and adoption of, of, of Hoshin as a method. So uh, I would encourage you, some, some folks on this webinar may be wondering, where do I even get started? And is there perfection? And the one I hear most often is, can you show me the standard work for how to do Hoshin? Well, there's not um, a lot of standard work for how to do Hoshin. There's a destination that we're trying to get to in creating the scan, in developing the plan with the X matrix and its subsequent A3s, uh, and then deploying it down or cascading it into the organization. So no one methodology. And I want to share a story with you uh, about uh, another application of, of Hoshin. Uh, some people will ask, well, do you have to stop start at the C-suite level and develop the potion plan and be very prescriptive about, you know, developing your potion on down? The answer is no. That's one of the rocks in the road sometimes. Sometimes the, the C-suite is not ready to abandon its old planning methods. But if you're in a large system of sorts, you can find ways to start where there is pull. I have two particular stories around that. This one is around how Hoshin was applied in a large integrated delivery system around a strategic project. You can use Hoshin for things like uh, very large capital projects. We work with an academic medical center that's developing an X matrix and various A3s around uh, bringing a brand new facility online for cancer. Uh, you could also use it as as was done in this case for the implementation of electronic health record. You, this particular A3T sat on um, the X matrix as one of eight strategic initiatives of a large integrated delivery systems uh, X matrix. And the things that we get off of, off of using Hoshin in this way, in this particular story, is that really it, it, it embodied what Hoshin is about. It's not management by objective. It's management of scarce resources. And in an EHR, if any of you have done that, uh, put an EHR in or been a part of that, you know that the resources are quite scarce. And to remain focused 
is really important. In this particular case, what ended up happening is the, the process of developing the Hoshin really got the, the uh, leaders thinking that this is not about being just on time and on budget, which most technology projects are. What it was was about on time, on budget, but how do we develop key performance indicators around our revenue cycle, our clinical pathways, and particularly around physician type KPIs? So really, what's the value we're actually trying to, um, to get uh, when we are implementing this EHR? Or if you're putting a new building online, a lot of times we see on time, on budget being the key measures, but from this experience and going through the Hoshin process, it was far more about value and value creation. And so for the next slide, please, uh, you'd see from the spidergram, which became the way to measure, uh, we, there were development of underlying key performance indicators on this slide and the next slide that uh, really were categorized into those physician, clinical, and financial um, measures. So uh, a, another way to use uh, Hoshin is for large capital, um, capital projects. A lesson here that I would encourage everybody to think about when developing your Hoshin is, when you cascade it down, the use of catchball um, is really important to get alignment on the plan. And, um, uh, and that was what happened in this particular case. In addition to creating alignment, by tying, this, tying your Hoshin to incentive goals, whether they are performance goals or um, some kind of incentive compensation program, in this particular case study, this Ho these Hoshin measures from this A3 ended up becoming the incentive goals for over 600 leaders in a large region. Uh, so always look to how you can take the Hoshin plan and merge it into your, um, your performance review systems. So if we move on to the next section, we wanna uh, talk a little bit about how big strategy uh, and how we um, look at small tests of change. Uh, in the next uh, slide, in the next section, and we can skip Mark a couple more slides here, uh, to talk about how we look at um, deployment of Hoshin and, um, and using small tests of change. Now, when I'm thinking about small tests of change here, everyone, I want us to think um, of two things. Let's think about small tests of change, both in terms of the outcomes we want to achieve, the key performance indicators we want to attain, but let's also think about it in small tests of change of leadership and leadership behaviors. Because Hoshin is very much about how we develop people. Hoshin is, is a process where we are continually um, engaging the organization in a conversation at various levels of the organization to lock in and align on a plan. That in and of itself is a development uh, opportunity and it gets strategy out of the C-suite and gets it permeating the organization. One of the main ways that we do this in Hoshin, and you heard Joe mention this before, is uh, the use of catchball. Catchball, a feedback mechanism, very structured dialogue back and forth that says, Here's our thinking on how, let's just say, we're going to um, uh, do an electronic health record and this particular um, A3. What, what do you feel um, next level of the organization about those targets and how do you feel we can achieve them and have this very genuine dialogue using humble inquiry 
so that we can become aligned at the various levels of the organization around problem solving. And if we move ahead into um, uh, thinking about that a little bit further in terms of developing people, it really is all about developing an organization's problem solving capabilities. That's fundamentally what Lean is about. Hoshin is about that as well. It's just a different cadence of problem to solve. The Hoshin problems have a much longer cadence. They take years to solve as opposed to daily management where the cadence is quite fast. And when we're employing um, a catchball, we are respecting the expertise of the people who are closest to the work and how that aligns in, uh, in and up towards our strategies. So very much understanding um, problem solving and critical thinking at a strategic level and how the day-to-day -day actions feed the overall strategy. And we, wouldn't, we would be remiss if we did not bring up on the next slide this, uh, that we really do need to show up as humble leaders with humble inquiry and pull out everyone's best thinking and to create genuine curiosity around the problems um, that we're trying to solve to create more valuable, more value for our patients or our customers. And uh, as a leader with Hoshin, when you're playing catch ball, listening versus telling. Uh, many of us are students of Edgar Schein, and uh, particularly with Hoshin, as strategy starts to be developed by, at multiple levels of the organization, I cannot underestimate enough. Um, you know, doing the small chests of change in oneself as a leader to become a much better uh, practitioner of humble inquiry to unlock everyone's problem-solving capabilities. So a story in the next uh, couple of slides here I'm gonna share with you is around connecting that strategy to frontline improvement in a perioperative services environment. In this particular case, uh, the pull came from a large, um, uh, large service line in the organization where uh, where uh, you know perioperative peri services were employed. The vice president was a very, very progressive leader, a very uh, excellent student of lean. And uh, if we can go into the next slide, I wanna talk a little bit about um, their patient experience management. When they landed on their X matrix, there were three really big areas they wanted to affect change. They wanted to affect change and making sure there was zero harm. Uh, and uh, that is, of course, first and foremost. Uh, they also wanted to make sure that the patients had a really good experience when they came to have surgery. And lastly, they were very interested in flattening unit cost, and their unit cost was $35.30, and they wanted to try and um, hold that steady year over year. In the patient experience management, when we think about um, going slow to go fast and humble inquiry and the use of catch ball, the, the creation of this A3, which you get a glimpse here of what the background and the current condition was in the target condition, it took them four months of study and catch ball up, down, and sideways to figure out what is the story they were trying to tell and what was the problem they were trying to solve. This was quite an interesting evolution. There was a lot of patients employed, a lot of um, visiting other facilities until they landed on their own discovery that in this multi-campus environment, they were particularly interested in one of their campuses that seemed to have a trend line, uh, which you can see in the middle graph on the right, the, the green with the triangles, that it seemed they actually had a best practice in their organization. 
and they just hadn't spread it yet. But that was a lot of um, study, a lot of data collection, a lot of catch ball back and forth on what's the problem we're trying to solve. And ultimately, after four months, they landed on it. It was a problem of replication. How do they replicate some of the processes they would do around patient engagement every day with every case, with every patient and family? And once they did that, they um, shot up to the 90th percentile when they full, uh, fully went um, and replicated. So four months uh, of study to find the right problem with a lot of people touching this particular part of the Hoshin, and then they nailed it. And so that's the power of going slow to go fast with Hoshin and the use of humble inquiry and catch ball to develop people and get everybody problem solving. And on the next slide, continuing this story a little bit on some of the other dimensions that they were going after, this is a good example of how at an organization level, reducing harm was the first and foremost. And in particularly at the service line level, they were interested in eliminating post-operative infections. Well, as Joe pointed out, a, a Hoshin without connecting to daily management or an active daily management system is only a Hoshin. It doesn't actually have um, the strong connection to the front line. When you finally get down to the front line in an area like sterile processing, as I was doing my Gemba rounds with this area, it was great to see how the manager of the sterile processing unit had translated those metrics that mattered most up the chain and really um, honed in on some of their uh, standard work and making sure they weren't having defects in flash sterilizing. And so this is how each level working very tightly together needs to um, uh, cascade the Hoshin all the way to the front line. And this didn't happen by mistake. This wasn't the manager of sterile processing just dreaming it up one day. This was through understanding the X matrix. The manager understood the X matrix and then worked with the next levels of the organization to devise the Hoshin and made, it, made the metrics that mattered for sterile processing. So that's our little story about how to do Hoshin inside of a large service line as well to further underscore the point that wherever you have an opportunity to start, wherever there's pull, that's a, that's a good opportunity uh, for Hoshin. And moving on to the next slide and closing it out before we move into the question and answer, let's talk a little bit about some of those rocks that are in the Hoshin Road. And, and we've covered some of the ones that uh, show up on this next slide here. And there's one in particular I wanna share. Um, you know, sometimes we, we engage organizations and the organizational strategy muscle is a little bit weak or project management isn't very rigorous imprecise measurement systems exist and individualism may reign um, supreme instead of a high performing team. These are all certainly rocks, but I wanna go back to the story Joe started about a large city agency, about starting too high up the organizational tree too soon. That particular Hoshin, you saw that deployment tree, it actually started with the hospital inside of that public health system. And they were the first to go. Well, it, that's where there was pull. And they are now on their third annual Hoshin cycle. Uh, but two levels up at the citywide department level, they just started their first level of uh, their first cycle of Hoshin. And so this is a great story of an organization that didn't start too high up the organizational tree. They weren't ready at a department level several years ago, but 
at one of the division levels at the hospital, they certainly were. Now, the, the great part about this story is Joe and I recently spent some time with them uh, facilitating their department level potion. And to see the bottom up influence of those that went before in Hoshan, because by this time there were the hospital and a number of other divisions had done their Hoshan plan. You could see the bottom up reflection in the department wide Hoshan because of their experience. And it made the process that much easier at the top level of this Department of Public Health. And, and, and as such, everybody um, got to see reflections of um, their prior work showing up in a cohesive strategy that is now in its um, uh, advanced planning stages. So a really um, important lesson is um, starting where there's pull. Uh, not an easy thing to do. Hoshin is too difficult to try and push the rock up the hill. You need to make sure that there's pull. So with that, Mark, I think we want to spend the last 12 minutes or so uh, taking some questions from folks. So I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Joe. Um, do you want to say anything um, to this slide, Craig, about um, becoming part of Moss Adams, or we'll just leave that in the notes for people? Uh, we'll just leave that in the notes for folks. It's just a notation that we've just joined joined forces with uh, Moss Adams as of September 1st, a, a great 104-year-old um, uh, public accounting and consulting firm. They have a very large healthcare uh, uh, group, and, and we're proud to be a, uh, joining them as the lean practice uh, for Moss Adams as of September 1. Okay, great. Maybe you all can partner up to do the uh, the Oscars next year from the <laughs> an accounting and process improvement perspective, perhaps. We've actually joked about that, Mark. Yeah, that's funny. We've we've had a few thoughts about bidding on that. <laughs> all right. Um, so we have a few announcements. I encourage people to um, continue submitting questions. Um, Craig and Joanna can catch the breath, get a drink of water here. We have a few upcoming webinars here to close out the year. On November 29th, we are going to be joined by Dr. John Toussaint and Paul Peja from Catalysis. They are going to be talking about healthcare collaboration. They're going to be sharing stories and examples from their experience with the Healthcare Value Network. And if you don't work in healthcare, I would really encourage you to um, sign up for that webinar because part of this collaboration that they'll be talking about actually goes outside the boundaries of healthcare. Health systems learning from manufacturers, I've, I've seen the reverse take place. So I hope you will join us for that on the 29th. And then on September 7th, we are going to be joined by two presenters from Australia. They're going to be up very early in the morning their time, Simon Murray and Benny Osmus from Big Change Agency, another organization that we work with closely here at Kinexus. They are going to be doing a webinar titled Four Components of an Employee-Led Lean Initiative. And they are going to share some case examples Check out the Kinexus blog shortly. We're going to share a video they have with some of their work with Chobani Yogurt in uh, Australia. So you can sign up for either or both of those by going to www.kinexus.com slash webinars. I would encourage you to check out our improvement webinars on demand library. You can find a link to that also at kinexus.com slash webinars. If you are new to our audience, there's a, a great library and a lot of different topics there. Our blog, um, blog.kinexus.com, and we have a podcast series. If you go to kinexus.com slash podcast, or you can subscribe 
via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. We will be publishing the audio of uh, this webinar as a podcast if you'd like to go back and listen to it again um, during your commute someday, or again, you'll be able to download the recording and the slides. We'll send that out to you in the next 24 hours or so. And then here is everybody's contact information. Um, go to ronaconsulting.com. You can see email addresses, Twitter handles for Craig and Joanna. So speaking of international audience, we have a question here uh, from Peter in the Netherlands. Hi, Peter. He asks, how many years experience with practical problem solving do organizations need before starting with Hoshin, or can you do this and learn these things simultaneously? Yeah, this is a great this is a great question, uh, Mark. And you know, when it comes to starting with Hoshin, I, we've seen organizations um, start with start with Hoshin as at the um, at the outset of their lean journey and been quite effective. And um, and most organizations have some uh, some foundation of problem solving methods. Uh, PDCA has been around a really long time. Um, but in terms of starting the lean journey, I'd say my experience I've seen about it's usually about, you know, 30, 40 percent of organizations max will start with um, Hoshin and others will start more with value stream improvement. And um, and so I think you can start it concurrently in my experience. Um, Joe, you may have a different perspective on that from yours, from your experience. I think that I would take a slightly different tact on, on the question. I, I think um, more important even than problem-solving muscle, I think, is the discipline, being able to actually um, come together as a group, identify not just everything in, um, um, in the kitchen, but, but really the must-do, can't-fail few, and then having the discipline to stick to those to be able to deal with the distractions that are going to inevitably come um, and, and try to, um, you know, pull you off of those priorities and to have the monthly cadence of management meetings so that you are understanding how you're doing and holding folks accountable to those must-do, can't-fail few. I think that discipline piece is even more critical than the problem-solving piece. People do need to learn how if they don't have that experience to solve problems, but I, I have great I have much more faith in, in our ability to learn how to solve problems once let loose to do so than I do in our ability overall to um, have the discipline to, to actually manage the process. So I would say you could start, um, you could start Hoshin at the same time you start problem solving. It does help a little bit to have something going in that area before you, um, before you embark on Hoshin. And, and as, as Craig said, or I think one of you said, if you've seen 1x matrix, you've seen 1x matrix. I think the same is true with the lean transformation. I think John Toussaint made that exact same point when we recorded a preview of, of his webinar. Um, if you've seen one, you've seen one. But there are some common themes. There's a couple questions here along the lines of how do you get buy-in to begin Hoshin if you're not in senior management? How can you try to um, bring the board along? How do you start, um, third kind of related question, how do you, you know, if you can start where there's pull, but what happens when the level above interferes with the level below that's ready and creating pull? There's maybe a common theme in those questions. What do you think? Joe, do you want to start? 
Sure, that last one's a little uh, a little tricky, but I think that all of those questions are really coming from uh, the uh, the the reality of of how we are as organizations and how our organizations work. We we are not always the most functional um, um, places to be. So I think that um, you. Um, I used to say, don't bother to start, Lean, unless your top-level executives are fully on board. And but now I think it's really important to just start what you can do. Don't maybe you can't call it even Lean. Just start the work that you need to do. If it's Hoshin, if it's problem solving, if it's daily management, just start wherever you are in what wherever you are in the organization, and demonstrate success. It's hard to ignore the the drumbeat of continued success that others around you aren't able to achieve. So I, I think that um, of course you can um, promote, try to have communication with folks in the C-suite or folks who may be levels above you in the organization. Um, but I think that what speaks louder than anything is doing the work, seeing that employees are engaged, that employees who may have been um, less productive or less happy are now enjoying coming to work, working together as a team, and are actually succeeding where others might not. Yeah, I th I th there's an interesting catch-22 when you say, you know, uh, don't start without the CEO fully being on board. I don't know how a CEO can ever fully get on board with Lean until there's some sort of experiment done in the organization. Mm -hmm. and yeah. maybe, do, you, do you see the same being true perhaps with Hoshin Conry methods? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true, Mark, speaking as someone who, uh, when I was a healthcare, when I was a leader inside of a different delivery system, I failed the first three times at uh, my Hoshin exper experiments and um, until I finally got some traction. And so my lessons learned on this one are find the pain. Where's the pain at the C-suite level? And if you can identify the pain and you can identify a champion in the C-suite who really acutely feels that pain and wants to mitigate it, then I think you'll create um, at least some influencer there. And the types of pain I think about are, all right, the, the top level of the organization does, isn't hitting its outcome targets and they're kind of scratching their heads and they're, they're kind of looking for the alternative medicine, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to just kind of the traditional medicine or there's a big thing coming uh, and they need to focus and clear the decks, whether that big thing is a, is a something as big as an electronic health record implementation or, or a major facility remodel or the whole place is overheating and there's too much work and you can see burnout happening in the organization's frame. So, I mean, those are just three types of pain to look for, but if you can find the champion, you can identify the pain and present Hoshin as uh, the alternative medicine, then you can um, at least start your first experiment. Based on what you're dealing with, then you'll determine, all right, what's my first experiment? Are we even gonna do a scan? Do we wanna just get an X matrix? How do we do just understanding what true north outcomes are so that we get alignment? There's a lot of things then that you kind of go, all right, we'll have to pick how much, you know, what medicine and how much to give based on the pain. That's very, uh, you have to diagnose very carefully in the organization. Sure. And maybe even if we, to, oh, I, go I, ahead, Joe. I just wanted to mention you, 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 um, you were noting John Toussaint's webinar coming up or his, his, um, 
his talk coming up. I am also a big proponent of going to sea. And sometimes folks may surprise you in their willingness to go on a field trip, to go on a road trip. When we go to um, organizations outside of our sector, we, we may be able to see a more mature lean organization. In healthcare, that's often the case. You might not have a more mature healthcare organization locally that you can go and see, but you probably have something in finance, in tech startup, in manufacturing, where you can bring folks to see an organization that has far more years of experience and really can show you some inspiring and exciting things to look forward to. Um, and if it's okay, we might just run a minute or two long. We've got a couple other related questions here. One from Ismelda and uh, Ivan. Um, so in your presentation, you have fantastic charts. Where would you get Potion software? What software do you use? Do you use Excel? And Ivan asked, are you using a system like Kinexus and supporting Hotion? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So um, we we tend to follow our founder Tom Jackson's uh, book um, Hoshin Conry for the Lean Enterprise, and in Tom's book he has had a, a number of templates that can be used, and whether they're Word or Excel formats. But we've been really excited about the partnership with Kinexus because they are taking it out of that um, kind of uh, siloed world of templates flying around on email and sticking it into a more collaborative platform. And as of, I want to say about two or three months ago, the X matrix visualized is now available on Kinexus as, as the mm -hmm. software um, uh, uh, releases come out. There's more and more capabilities to support Hotion and it's, uh, it's becoming quite a great platform that, that we're, uh, we're intending to, we're leveraging. So, Great, thanks. Uh, thanks for your comments there. We would encourage people, if you want to learn more about that, um, go to kinexus.com. Um, you can email me. I can get you in touch with uh, the right people to have that conversation. Um, Aaron asked, has there been more or less success in implementing Hotion in administrative contexts versus clinical areas? Do you see any difference in enthusiasm for these methods? I think it depends on the champion. I think I've seen it. Um, very well um, used in both areas, and because of its very nature, it you know it's it's really a cascaded. Um, it's a it's a tool which is cascaded throughout the organization, and as it's cascaded, if you're in a healthcare environment, it's going to hit both. It's going to hit administrative and clinical areas, and so it's I it's kind of um, I haven't really seen it intentionally separated. Although if we're, we've been asked in one organization, for example, to start with IT. And so there it's a much more um, uh, in the production um, area as well as in the administrative area. So it, it just, um, I think it's very valuable in both. All right, so with that, um, we're um, just a little past the top of the hour. So we'll go ahead and wrap things up. I think we at least touched on all of the questions briefly. Uh, if there are any questions, um, additional questions, feel free to reach out to any of us. You see our contact information on screen. But again, I want to um, thank Craig Veracruz and Joanna Omi from Rona Consulting Group and Moss Adams uh, for joining us today. Very informative uh, presentation with a lot of uh, great backing stories to help um, bring this to life. So uh, Craig and Joe, thanks again for uh, taking part today. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.
And thanks everyone for uh, joining us today, signing off.